0: Welcome to The Coach's Approach, a podcast where we sit down with high school coaches and get the cold, hard facts about the high school coaching world. This is The Coach's Approach, where we talk X's and O's. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. This is The Coach's Approach, where we talk the X's and O's. Win the day or dominate the day, the choice is yours. everyone, and welcome back to the Coaches Approach podcast, where we take an inside look at the coaching world. As always, I'm your host, George Gresco. We have a big show for you guys tonight uh, as we start show number one of our two-show series. For the first time ever, we're putting out two shows in one night, so I'm super excited about that. Please check out thecoachesapproach.com and follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and listen on Anchor and Spotify. Another announcement I want to make real quick. We are looking for the Coaches Approach Podcast Coach of the Year. Uh, it can be a head coach, assistant coach, any coach in any sport, and throw out the records and accolades because we don't care about them. We are looking for the coach that impacts student athletes' lives. Um, nominations must be in by January 15th. Email nominations to georgegresco12 at gmail.com. Today's episode, Creating Culture, is brought to you by Coach's Dry Rub, the All-American Rub. Lay it on thick until it sticks. Get your own bottle at tombaskitchen.com. Uh, Anthony's Family Restaurant in Eastlake on the corner of 91 and Vine Street, where together is our favorite place to be. Open for dine-in, carry-out, and curbside pickup. Last but not least, GNG Printing. Get your custom apparel printed in seven to ten days or less. Dominate your design. Today in the coaches' booth, we have Coach J.P. Nervin, the basketball coach, sports consultant, and author. Coach Nervin, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, man, this is awesome to be here.
0: Yeah, no, I'm excited to have you. And it's been fun because I've been reaching out to coaches. And I believe you're over in Ireland right now, I believe.
1: Yeah, just outside of Dublin. So
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I had a coach from Texas on. I had a coach from Poland on that's in the Germany Football League. So it's been pretty cool to kind of reach out to coaches from all around the world and kind of get their perspective on things.
1: Well, it's cool to connect with some of my roots since I got family in in Cleveland. So this is pretty cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So coach, we'll go ahead and get started. Uh, Coach, you are an author of two different books. In 2019, you published uh, Calling Up, Discovering uh, Your Journey to Transform or I'm sorry, Transformational Leadership. And then in 2022, you published the Culture System, a proven process for creating extraordinary uh, team culture. Can you talk a little bit about each book that you've written? What kind of gave you the motivation to write them?
1: Yeah, absolutely. The first one came from uh, my experiences as a coach over the last 10, 11, 12 years. Um, you know, more source the latter half of that 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 you know decade of coaching. And just some of the challenges that I was experiencing around culture, about building relationships, new challenges, challenges that I hadn't experienced earlier in my career, um, some that I had, you know, but, uh, and it was a, some of it was a reaction to that, but also towards some traction that I started to get in my own coaching. I I started working with a guy named Jamie Gilbert, who used to be with an organization called Train to Be Clutch. And he started helping give me some tools um, to build culture, but also, most importantly, to focus on how I was leading my team and to be more reflective and to be more intentional in my coaching to make sure that my behaviors were aligning with my values. And so that book came from there. And then you fast forward to, you know, the culture system. And um, that, you know, was a a more of a nonfiction book, um, tells the stories of a lot of great organizations, a lot of great teams, but everything, all those stories are built around uh, a principle, a tool, a concept or a skill that we found that to be essential in great team culture or organizational culture, and they are used by great teams. Um, you know, Chicago Cubs or uh, you know the San Antonio Spurs, but also a Toyota or a, you know just different 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 organizations out there. Uh, school community court, like we talk about these stories, but the concept, the tool, you know, can be used within coaching and 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 so. We've used these tools and concepts with the many, many programs that I've gotten the privilege of working with, or really the coaches that I've gotten the privilege of working with and coaching over the last six to seven years. And so we put them all into one book and, and that's what you've got with the culture system It's kind of the best of these tools and methods.
0: Right. And it's pretty awesome because now you are actually, I think the third or fourth coach that's came on that is now an author too. So I think it's pretty cool that. You know, you're getting your words out in the way of a book. That way people can, you know, you can really relate to them and they can relate to you. So I think that's pretty awesome. And then coach, can you tell the viewers and listeners, uh, where can they find your books at?
1: Yeah, you can just get them all on Amazon. They're on Audible. They're also on ebook, Kindle, and they're on paperback. If you want to learn more about the book, you can go to myculturesystem.com. There'll be loads of details there.
0: Absolutely. And I can, I can send all that information out and put it on my website later on too. Um, coach, you were also the founder of uh, TOC culture consulting. It's a global sports consulting business. Can you talk a little bit about what your business does?
1: Yeah. So around 2016, like I mentioned earlier, I kind of got through a crisis of leadership and within my team's culture. And so I really started, I mean, I'd always been trying to improve myself, always trying to figure out how to, how to build the culture. I knew that that, that word culture or you know, what, however you want to define it. I define it as the strength of the relationships and, the, the, and how high the standards are. But I always knew culture was that key. Like it was the most important element to team success, you know, uh, that you would fail without it. But I struggled to build it. Well, kind of had rock bottom as a leader, went through some struggles myself. And, and as I started to make changes, I started to just blog about it. And, and what I found was people resonated, some coaches resonated with my writing. They resonated with the tools. And then I started a podcast as I started to read more and more books. I mean, I read a book a week and I start to interview these authors and, you know, all these great leaders and you know, great thinkers. And I started to collect their ideas. And then I start to create my own, maybe, you know, how you might apply some of those ideas within a practical, like in a high school context, like you can take an idea from, you know, Bill Walsh, but like, well, how does Bill Walsh's concepts that the 49ers apply to? um, you know, a high school football coach. Well, you know, I, I really enjoyed making that bridge. And so I started producing my own content as well. And, 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 you know, during my time as a leader where I really struggled, the thing I didn't need was I didn't need someone coming in and giving a workshop. Now there's not saying anything value on that. I still do that. I still do that for coaches, but what I really needed was someone to talk to someone to support me, someone to help coach me through these things. So at the core of what I do now is coaching, you know, I coach coaches, and, um, you know, that might seem a little bit weird or a little bit different for a lot of coaches out there. Uh, but the best leaders in the world, they all have coaching, you know, all the executives of the large organizations. And I've, I've had the privilege of not just working with sports coaches, but I've worked with a surgeon. I've worked with a CEO. I have worked with the COO. I've worked with a school principal, you know, I mean, like there, people need coaching in leadership. It's, 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 it's so valuable. I knew it from my own experience and, and obviously in my work with other coaches.
0: Absolutely. And people don't realize that there's, you know, there's not only sports teams, there's sports teams, there's teams inside school buildings, there's teams of high corporations, and people need to be coached and kind of, you know, build off of what they need to do to be successful. Absolutely. Um, Now, coach, you, you would have coached um, both women's and men's basketball at the very highest of levels. Also, Uh, what would you say is the biggest difference in coaching men to women? Because you've coached both of them at very high levels.
1: Well, I'm, I'm reasonably good at coaching men, and I'm not very good at coaching women. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I always struggled, you know. I, I mean, I was coaching my first year, and I got fired, you know, from one of the, the, the you know second league pro teams I was coaching on women's team. I, I just, my, my manner, my lack of empathy, just a lot of the things that I struggle with as an individual, as a leader, my natural tendencies, I don't think always match up with right. uh, maybe the, the, the relational needs that women need first um, maybe a little bit more than men. Um, but I, as I become more intentional, my leadership, I worked through that and I was able to coach a, you know, a very talented uh, uh, college team in in Ireland and, you know, women's team. And we won the national championship there, which, you know, was more so that they were talented than I was a good coach. If I was just to be fully transparent, but as I've worked in coaching, um, women, I think it takes a little bit more intentionality, um, to tone back, you know, some, some aspects where I can be just very, very, uh, process driven and I don't create a lot of space, um, you know, for those relationships. doesn't mean that I don't need to do that as well on the men's side. Uh, yeah. I definitely need to do the men's side. I just think it hurt me even more on the women's side for sure.
0: Absolutely. And coach, you've coached, we've mentioned this already. You coach professional, you've coached at the collegiate and high school levels uh, in the United States and Ireland and Lithuania. Can you talk a little about a little about your experiences, just coaching from all over the world?
1: Yeah. You know, it, it's very interesting how the culture, of a country, you know, it can impact the culture of a team, oh. and so my experience first, you know, was getting into with, in Ireland, and when you're coaching in Ireland, you know, Irish culture, there's a very dry sense of humor. They don't like a lot of rah rah enthusiasm, and, yeah. and and that, you know, which is a lot of American sports, right? So I come over from America. I just played college Division One basketball at South, University of South Carolina for a year there as a walk on and I come in and I'm like the motivational speaker and I'm going all these pep talks. And they're just like, is this guy crazy? Right. And so as I coached five years there, I became more dry. I've really, you know, I've, I've taken to Irish culture. And so then, you know, you transplant me to America and there's none of that. It's just, yeah. and there's a lot of swearing and there's a lot of just very dry, coaching and and the players you know they needed a little bit more that enthusiasm a little bit more that charisma that is you know definitely within me um so culturally you have to adapt you know and then you know when you're coaching lithuania i was spending my summers there you know and coach during there and work with uh players that were coming over to the states on college or high school like scholarships and it was more of a selection process and there you got i got to be immersed in a small country of, I think about 3 million people that basketball is everything, right. Like they're like, right. you know, it's just, it's, it's everything and anything, you know, so to see a culture that's so obsessed that, but that is so obsessed with, you know, um, uh, doing and playing the game the right way. I mean, that was just an eye opening experience and a very, very big learning experience for sure. Um, and that's probably why I think my biggest takeaway from being in Lithuania was, you know, winding my horizons on how to approach coaching or teaching the game.
0: Right. And absolutely. I mean, just the culture shock, you know, I had um, you know, I told you earlier, I had a coach from Poland on a few weeks ago and he said, it was just such a change going from, you know, United States to over there because there was just certain things as you were saying, they like to be rah, rah. They want to, they want to hear, you know, hear motivational talks there. It's kind of dry. They're like, let's just go to work mm-hmm. please, you know, so yeah, that's, that's crazy.
1: Yeah. There's you know, this, you probably don't even know about me. A little tip uh, quick fact is, I actually, when I was in Ireland, I was, you know, years ago, I was playing semi-pro. I was playing in the top league of Irish American football. Okay. And so that was quite the experience of wow. American football in Ireland. And if it's, if you've seen, have you seen The Replacements, that movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If, you, know, yeah. you know, and there's, the, I think he's a Scottish guy in that. But like yeah. we on our sideline would literally have guys smoking yeah. cigarettes. It was crazy. So, yeah, I mean, it's...
0: That was something the coach that was on. He said when they first started the league, it was like playing in like the 20s. They had a helmet, no face mask, they didn't have equipment, they had a mouthpiece. So they were like very excited just to have the, the little equipment that they had.
1: Yeah, that's funny.
0: Yeah. Now getting it getting into some of the culture questions that I have for you. So good programs talk about culture. And the bad programs also talk about culture. What is the most common culture issues within a sports program?
1: Yeah, that's, a you know, I would say two of the big ones that jump out at me is there is a lack of relationships. There's a disconnect between the coach and the players, you know, um, and there's a disconnect between player to player. There's just essentially it comes down to those relationships having a lack of trust. Sure. And so that just can erode uh, it. And then there's also a lack of uh, clear standards around how we want to do things. And, and that sham, and there's a you know, shared goal, right? Shared purpose, but also that shared standard, like this is how we want to do things day in and day out. Now, I know that that seems very theoretical. So let's break that down real quick of what that really kind of like means. Sure. Well, from day one, is it all about football? Is it all about basketball? Is the coach. Just having, are the coaches having just conversations about the kids' performance? Or are they getting to know them first off, what their individual goals are, as well as their goals for the team and what they want that experience to be like? Are they having conversations about those relationships? Are they getting their insights into what, you know, not just what they want the team to be about, but how to get there? You know, are they allowing them to have input into some of the standards and and to some of the solutions to fix the culture? The other aspect is just getting to them as people and showing them that you value them beyond what they can do on a football field, a basketball court or a soccer field, right? Like it's just, it has to go beyond that. And so when people know that you care because you've shown that, not just you've said that. I used to have a high school coach. He used to tell us he cared all the time, but I never knew that he cared because he never showed it to me, right? And, And so we have to show that with, number one is quality time, great conversations. We're asking great questions. And there's no better way to do that from day one, sit down with your guys and work through your team and just ask them questions. Hey, what do you, what do you enjoy about playing this sport? What don't you enjoy about being a part of this team? And what's something we got to fix those three questions in and of itself can open up a load of stuff as well as what's important to you, what goals do they have for, not just for that sport, but for life in right. general.
0: Right. Now, do you think this isn't even a question I had on here, do you think that I, I've seen it more and more now recently that, Uh, teams and you know are hiring more younger coaches to deal with their players and kind of because they can kind of connect more do you think that's the reason why that they're hiring more younger head coaches
1: yeah I mean I think there's definitely a tendency to move towards more of these younger coaches more players type coaches Um, maybe that's because they have better ability to connect you know with that generational gap maybe that it's you know it's just becoming harder Maybe it's because these coaches are more up to date with more modern coaching techniques. The other thing I would say is I look at a lot of coaching out there, though, and whether it's young or old, you know, the the players coach, you know, I'm all about the great relationships. Yeah. But if I have a really great relationship with you, I have a really strong relationship with you, then I'm also going to hold you accountable. I'm going to hold you to a high standard that we've all agreed upon, that we've all communicated. We all said, hey, this is our standard and this is how I'm going to hold you accountable. That's absolutely vital. If I don't hold you to a high standard, the standard that we've agreed upon, then I don't truly care about you. Right. And so I see a lot of, you know, this is one of the great challenges, undergraduate challenges of coaching is like, you know, we're permissive. You know, we allow players to get away with things that are below the line, that are below the standard, instead of holding that to them, that standard in a way that's kind and firm, that's demanding uh while being respectful and and that's what we need a lot more of too in coaching we don't need just this permissive making excuses for the players or just a bunch of lectures we need accountability we need consequences when we fail and meet our standards
0: all right hey i, I agree 100 with you and I, you know i'm getting goosebumps over here because you know a lot of the times now we're dealing you know with kids that they don't know they don't have you know consequences for their actions a lot of the time but now coach how would you describe what good culture looks like within a program? I know you mentioned a few things already, but what, what, what does good culture look like?
1: I like to use a graph, Greg, to, to kind of illustrate this. Sure. In the, at the bottom is on the X axis is the relationships and the, and the Y axis is the standards. So how high are the standards, how strong are the relationships. Your relationships can only be so strong if you have a level of accountability, right? And you can only have such high standards if you, you know, have limited relationships. You have to have a, a relationship to be able to hold them to the standard. What drives that all forward is the leadership. It starts with you and then it should really decentralize throughout the players. You know, we talk about leadership councils, captains councils, we mean super intentional in how it works throughout the organization to decentralize command, to empower others to lead, your coaching staff, your your captains, and to really actually lead to actually be part of the decision-making process. Right. And when I say decisions, I mean helping to identify issues and find solutions. You know, that's that's what, that's what a great leadership team does. So you build it out and that's what drives, you know, continues to move the relationships forward and move the standards higher. That's at the end of the day, when that great culture is working well, what, what you have is not just high performance, but you have great experience. Right. People enjoy being there. You got great memories. And people are transformed by the experience. And that's what really we want. We want to be, we want to win championships. We want to be a high-performing team, but we also want to come here every day, enjoy what we're doing. And we want to remember, right? You know, we want to have these relationships that last beyond just this season. And and the end of the day, we all want to become better people because of having played for this team. That's the ultimate goal for us. I think that's the ultimate vision.
0: And that kind of leads me to a quote that I, a coach uh, I had on the show one of my first couple seasons doing this. He said, you know, good teams are coach-driven. The great teams are player-driven. And I think that's kind of what sums up what you kind of just said. But once you get, you know, everything moving in the right direction, the players will start leading the team rather than being coach-driven. Um, now, that, this kind of reminds me – so. W- When a coach first gets hired uh, in a program, what's the first thing he should kind of do to start building a positive culture within the building?
1: Press press pause and get curious. One of the worst things that we can do is just come in with this idea. And it's so hard. I remember when i first got my first job in america i came with this big vision this grand plan i was going to bring european basketball to america in a way in tennessee where it had never been brought before right. and it was all about my vision my plan pause slow down get curious we're not culture is not about building you don't come in there and level the place and then start to build a foundation culture building is more like creating it's more like gardening You come in, you observe what's good. What needs to, what can we continue to nurture and grow? There are already good things happening. You have to start by acknowledging the good or else people will get really ticked off with you, honestly. You come in and just try to level. And secondly, you need need to recognize, all right, what actually needs to maybe be removed, okay? And, And then what needs to be improved. Now, great story about this and how, what this looks like practically. Actually, it doesn't come from a coach, right? My One of my favorite stories is of Captain Mike Abershoff, who I believe in ni- 2000 took over the USS Benfold. And at the time in the na- in the Navy, the Benfold was the worst ship across all the performance metrics. Its retention rate was 20%. And what Abershoff did when he came in there, the first six weeks, he sat down with all 316 sailors and he brought them into his office and he talked to each one of them. And he said, hey, He shared about himself. He was vulnerable. He connected with the person. He learned their name. And he said, hey, what do you enjoy about being on the ship? What don't you enjoy? And if you were me, what's one thing you would do differently? And if someone gave him a good idea, he got on the microphone and said, implemented it right away. And he told the whole ship, you know, this this so-and-so told me this, and we're going to go ahead and we're running with it right away. And he just instantly started to impact change. But everyone felt part of that change. And he sold them. On the vision of being the best damn ship in the U.S. Navy, and you know what happened? They became the best damn ship in the U.S. Navy a year later, and they had the 100% retention and the top of the metrics. And that's honestly, we've had I've had so many coaches that I've had you know got to coach through that experience. I love working with a new coach taking over a new program because it's it it is a unique opportunity to you know hit a reset on a culture when it's done the right way and get people excited because not about just your vision, it becomes a shared vision through that.
0: And you know that that's why I love doing this show because that's a story that I have never heard actually. So I I, I really like that. I'm going to look this up after, and I'm going to I'm definitely going to use that story in the, in the very near future for sure. Uh, Coach, we we've talked about that you've coached professionally at the high school levels, uh, the college level. You know, you've coached all around the world. What would you say is your favorite coaching memory?
1: I got to give you two, man. But the first is you know, I had coached five years in Ireland and I moved back to the States and I get married uh, a few years later. Um, and I had some young players as coach at the time and um, having a couple of my players save all summer long to fly over to America for my wedding oh, was wow. just an amazing experience. Just great affirmation, you know, and for them to be in those photos, you know, it's it's really special, really special. Uh, you know, and, and and probably after that, I was down in Tennessee and one of the last games that I coached down in Tennessee um, at Notre Dame high school was, you know, it was just this beautiful upset win. we had gotten, we've gone through one of my hardest years in coaching. Um, we had a loss record wise, but one of my most meaningful and set fulfilling seasons. Um, but it was a hard year and we had gotten clobbered by this number two team in the state by 30 and 45 points. And we blew them out by 25 and went on to be repeat conference champions. And it wasn't about the win as much as just the feeling of like this group of men, young men had come together early that season and against a lot of odds, a lot of external pressure never broke apart. And to share that moment of like, we've never stopped believing and, and having that look, you know, like, yeah, I think every coach desires that experience where, it's not this picture perfect season. It's not the 20 and 0 season, the 12 and 0 season. It's just, a, it's a season of really hard times. that makes that end, you know, that, that, you know, shiny moments so much more special.
0: No, for sure. Especially as you said, the difficult times. And then you get to that, you know, you get to the peak and over the mountain you end up winning the game. And that, that's the exciting stuff. When as a coach, all the hard work, determination that kind of pays off the end, But coach, we, this next segment is brought to you by coach's dry rub. This is our fun segment of the show. Uh, it's called rapid fire seven, where I will ask you seven completely random questions. I haven't seen them yet, so it could be absolutely anything coach. So be prepared. Are you ready?
1: I'm never good with these things, but I'll (laughs) give it my best.
0: All right. What is your favorite animal?
1: My dog, Larry, for sure. There you go.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't heard my uh, dog barking, but he's right outside the door waiting for me. But uh, who is your favorite basketball player of all time?
1: John Stockton.
0: There you go. That's a good one. Um, What are you most proud of?
1: My family, the way that we've raised our three kids so far. There's still a lot of work to do, but... We're doing pretty good at seven, five, and two years old. <laughs> yeah, say, that's a lot of work
0: right there. You're, cool. You're going to have your own basketball team here soon. He's <laughs> <You're> starting on. <laughs> <five. laughs> there you go. Um, if, your, if your life had a theme song, what would it be?
1: Mm. Um, I'm just going to give you just something musical, very instrumental, like very, <laughs> just very chill. Not that I am that way. Right. I just... That's what I need in life is more because I'm a very intense, passionate human being, but I also need to like tone it down. So just something, some movie score from like Gladiator or something.
0: Oh, there you go. There you go. Um, What, what is your go-to dance move?
1: Hmm. There's a, there's a great one that me and my buddy from Ireland love to do at all Uh weddings, which is, I mean, the people will clear the dance floor. And it involves me sliding, hopefully, about fifteen feet through, through his <laughs> legs out the other end, while while twisting and turning. So that's uh, my go-to. Uh, I love <laughs> it. Uh,
0: what is the your favorite city you've been to?
1: Cleveland. No, I just can't. Cleveland. <laughs> ah. Absolutely. Uh, I, I, geez, I want I'm not going to say city. I'm just going to say the Irish cu- countryside. Cause I'm not a city guy. Right. I love being out in the, in the Irish crunch countryside. I'm a big, you know, runner, ultra runner. So I, I love getting out there outdoors.
0: That's awesome. And then last uh, question is what is the best advice that, that you have ever received?
1: Mm. That's, that's a really tough one. Um, I'll just go with someone uh, gave me uh, a couple books, a friend of mine from Tennessee. Uh, at the time, I was in a really tough moment in coaching. And he said, JP, you, you need to read these two books. And one of them was a book called Burn Your Goals by Jamie Gilbert, who was my mentor at the time. And a good book. You know, I, I think I've read a lot of other great books since then, but that book became the spark that got me to start to really reflect and seek help in my coaching, which I desperately needed, desperately needed uh, coaching and mentorship at that time to help, you know, work through some of my blind spots.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Well, that, that, that's the end of rapid fire seven. That's always a fun segment because you know, it's, they're completely random. I have other people write these questions for me. So you just never know what you're going to get. And no, it's always fun. But uh, coaches we near the end of the show. I always ask this question to every coach that comes on the show. Uh, who is coach Nurban for the listeners and viewers who might not know you? Who is coach JP Nervin?
1: Mm, I'm very much a coach, just like probably every other coach listening to this podcast in the sense that I have a family. Um, you deal with the external pressures of um, I've dealt with those of, of, you know, fans, uh, you know, the, the criticisms, you know, the parent complaints, um, trying to make sure your administrators are, are ha- happy I've dealt with the, you know, trying to build those relationships with players that you care about that don't seem to be connecting with, you know, I've been in that situation, I've dealt with the internal pressures of self doubt, um, burnout, exhaustion, knowing asking the question, is it worth it, you know, I've I've been that coach, I've been in those situations, I've experienced that. And through that, um, I've come out on the other side, kind of more balanced you know, more, more centered on knowing who I am outside of myself as a coach. And so I have a very clear identity that's detached from coach Nerman. Um, you know, coaching is a hat that I put on. It's not a person that I am. And I, I really recognize that and I'm able to recognize that. And so I'm able to keep priorities like family in check and, and making sure that I'm spending quality time with those while giving my best in the appropriate time that I have to, to coaching.
0: Oh, that's an awesome answer. But coach, I, once again, I, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show. This has been a great you know, conversation and I haven't had too many like basketball coaches on the show and business owners. So it's been a great conversation and I really thank you for coming on.
1: Well, you had some stellar questions, man. Those were, those were fun. Those were interesting and very different for me. So I appreciate well, the opportunity yeah. to be here.
0: And that's kind of why I started the podcast. I know everyone, You know, all coaches talk about the X's and O's side of things. I don't want to know about the X's and O's. I want to know about the background and, you know, kind of how you got to where you are, to where you are at now. So that's kind of why I started the podcast in the first place. But once again, I thank you.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love you just diving into coaches' stories. I think that's, that's really, really powerful for sure.
0: Um, but um, as we near the end of the show, I want to thank all of our listeners and viewers. You guys have been absolutely outstanding. Keep liking, sharing, posting, you know, tweeting at me. And um, But that's going to do it for tonight's episode of the Coach's Approach podcast. As always, I'm your host, George fresco and we will see you guys later.